We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app hello fellow patriots and liberty lovers everywhere great to have you along as we enter into the fourth and final hour of the Bobby Mack Show here on a glorious weather-wise Thursday afternoon in the upstate of South Carolina. And as always, your input is invited, encouraged, and welcomed. Couldn't be easier. All you need to do is to uh, grab the phone and call me. Use the Ingalls Advantage talk line number, 800-347-1063. Or if you prefer to send me a text message, as many do, Just use the CSRP, Common Sense Retirement Planning, text line number 71307. Uh, Let's uh, go ahead and go to the phones right away to lead off the hour uh, by going to Clinton and bringing in Toby here on the Bobby Mac Show. Hi, Toby. Welcome to the program. Hey, Big Mac. How are you doing today? So far, so good. Did you have a chance to get out on the greens today? I did. Uh, I played yeah, early this morning, and it warmed up pretty quickly. It was really nice. few of the mornings this week have been a little on the chilly side, but today was great. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, i tell you, you know the new tagline of Kamala Harris is, she says, speak the tr- you know, speaking some truth. Well, to quote a very famous upstate talk show host on the radio, Democrats wouldn't know the truth if it bit them in the backside. <laughs> I think I have heard that expression used before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I watched it last night, and, I mean, I think they need to give them more than two minutes to uh, say what they need to say. I mean, it takes me two minutes just for my brain to warm up to say what <laughs> I need to say someday. I hear and you. I mean, I timed, I mean, I got my cell phone out, and I was timing uh, some of it. And it seems like they – I feel like they cut the vice president's time. Oh, I mean, I'm not – sure because i didn't get to see what their time clock looked like but i mean anything like they shaved his time a little bit to me yeah you're and gave, uh, her, and gave her and gave her a little bit more opportunity to speak your assessment would be correct uh, toby from those who actually timed it out uh yeah uh, susan page the moderator had her thumb on the scale a little bit for uh, ms harris I don't see why they won't get, I can't, uh, it escapes me the name of it right now, but won't they get somebody from that liberal college that Russ talks about a lot? uh, Hillsdale. Yeah, Hillsdale. They ought to get somebody from from Hillsdale to uh, host a debate. Well, you know, this uh, presidential debate commission bills themselves as nonpartisan, and yet if you look at the list, of the people who are on it. And there is a former 
chairman of the RNC, his name escapes me right now, but, but he's another rhino. You know, this is, this is a, just another part of the gigantic Washington club that all these people are part of. Yeah, I mean, they don't get anybody that's like neutral or an independent or anybody that has, I mean, I guess it's hard to find anybody that don't have, you know, a stake in what side to uh, get a commentator to uh, do this for. Yeah. But it seems like they always pick liberals to do it. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I'm sure that's merely coincidence, don't you think, Toby, that they just keep oh, ending yeah. up with liberals? Yeah, they just right. Split it. It's just like throwing toast upside down, just trying to make sure the jelly don't find flip yeah. side down. It's pretty similar to that, yeah. You know, this, this whole presidential debate commission, who died and left them in charge anyway? Why don't we just, you know, why, why don't we just get one of the networks, and I don't care which one, uh, Alphabet Network or Fox or even CNN, I don't care, and just put the two candidates up there on the stage and let them uh, have at each other. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great idea. Just, you know, let them talk. It's like they got two or three hours. Just, hey, here's a subject. Y'all go at it. And even, or, you know, let let them pick the topics. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, Biden would probably wear a wire and have somebody well, you know, whispering in his ear. Tell me, I had a friend show me a photograph that in uh, Joe Biden, when the last debate in his rights, no, his left sleeve, yeah. They had like it looked like a microphone was hidden in his coat sleeve, and every time he like put his hand up towards his head, you could get you know they said that he might he probably got some little advice through that speaker. Well, but I don't know if that's a conspiracy thing or actually true. God knows he needs help, you know. Oh because, yeah, you know you you see him uh, out uh, on the campaign trail, and it, and it's one gaffe after another, but uh, that after all is. Uh, what this guy is most famous for. 47, he, 47 years in politics, and all he's famous for is his gaffe. The guy has been wrong on every issue that's come down the pike. And you got to have crib sheets every time he does a speech. Yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's bad pretty, every time you even do a public engagement. He has to have uh, monitors up there to help tell him what to say and when to say it. He's going to be a puppet president. God forbid he gets in there, but if he did, he'll be a puppet president is what he's going to be. Yeah, and, and probably given his uh, declining cognitive skills, you know, he'd be lucky if he uh, made it to Valentine's Day before he had to resign for health reasons and we got Kamala Harris in there running yeah, things. I that believe that would be great. If he got in there, I believe maybe a year, maybe, maybe a, year, a, a year to three or four months into it, he'll have to, you know, step down and she'll get in there. Yeah, there's uh, there is no doubt in, in my mind that uh, that Biden would be uh, incapacitated uh, before long. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Toby. I appreciate the call. Good to have you here this evening. Dozen minutes after six, Trump campaign today said the president will participate in a debate on October 22nd in a town hall format while proposing the final presidential debate be pushed back to October 29th, uh, back and forth between the Trump and Biden campaigns and the Commission on Presidential Debates comes after the commission earlier today said the second presidential debate will take the form of a town meeting in which the candidates would participate uh, from separate remote locations virtually. Uh, the president said, uh, forget about that. That's that's nothing but a waste of time. He called it ridiculous. The Biden campaign 
uh, assumed that uh, his unwillingness to take part in an online debate meant there would uh, only be one more presidential debate instead of two, and that he was not willing to, to participate in the town hall format. But the Trump campaign this afternoon made clear they want to take on Biden twice more before the voters go to the poll on, uh, polls on November 3rd. The American people should not be deprived of the chance to see the two candidates for president debate face-to-face two more times just because the Commission on Presidential Debates wants to protect Joe Biden said Trump campaign manager Bill Stepien in a statement. And you know why this commission on presidential debates wanted to do these virtual debates with uh, Trump in one locale and Biden in another, because Biden can have all of his uh, policy wonks there around him to whisper in his ear and tell him what to say, pass him notes. You know, and uh, the other aspect of this is The uh, Commission on Presidential Debates wants to uh, be able to shut Trump down. You can do that virtually, you know, while Biden's speaking, you don't show Trump and vice versa. Uh, But, you know, just this whole business um, is a rigged game. And uh, as long as the left continues to... control who these so-called moderators are, we're going to get more of the same. Uh, Bobby, about uh, President Trump uh, doing the uh, world's biggest radio rally uh, tomorrow on Russia's show, uh, will there be any way to listen to Trump on Russia's show at a later time? Yeah, I'm sure that either we will have a podcast available on our website, and I'm sure that Rush will have one uh, available on his website as well. Uh, Hey, Bobby, who do you think Kamala will pick as her VP? (laughs) Yeah, she probably has a short list already. Think Pelosi's on it? Hey, the Dream Team. Quarter after six here on the Bobby Mac. So take a a quick break here and then be right back with more. Let's see, what have we not gotten to? Holy cow. Uh, we never, uh, we never got to, uh, boneheads. We'll, we'll go ahead and get boneheads in here next on the Bobby Mack show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Great to have you along. Fourth and final hour, the bonus hour here on the Bobby Mack Show, 621. So the announcement was made uh, earlier today at the uh, beginning of uh, Rush Limbaugh's program, made an announcement about his show tomorrow. President Trump will be holding a virtual rally. Uh, Limbaugh announcing that President Trump will be holding a virtual radio rally on the Friday edition of his show. Uh, Rush said, I'm thrilled to announce that our Commander-in-Chief, President Donald Trump, will be right here tomorrow hosting the largest virtual rally in radio history. It'll be special, and I'm really looking forward to it. Limbaugh said he would post more details about the event on his website later in the day and that listeners would have the opportunity to submit questions for the president. So be thinking of things you might ask him today and then get ready for the largest virtual rally in radio history tomorrow. He made the announcement in a pre-recorded message at the beginning of his show, which was guest hosted today uh, by the brilliant Mark Stein. Limbaugh said he was taking the day as part of his treatment uh, for uh, lung cancer, uh, which he was diagnosed with in February. Not clear whether Rush would be on the air with the president or if uh, Donald Trump would be on the show alone. Uh, Trump reportedly considered starting a radio show at the beginning of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic to address the outbreak on a regular basis, but scrapped the idea because he didn't want to compete with Rush. And of course, you can hear Rush as you do every day, noon to three, right here on 106.3 WORD and wherever you may be using the radio.com app. And uh, you had a question, just uh, submit it on uh, Rush's website. And there's a link here from the uh, Greenville County GOP as well. Um, RushLimbaugh.com slash special notes for Rush is the address. Okay. RushLimbaugh.com slash special notes for Rush. So should be a biggie tomorrow. 23 after 6, let's go ahead and get to a Boneheads for today. Uh, singers, if you are ready. Boneheads in the news. Thank you, and uh, joined, as always, for Boneheads by the Bobettes, Miss Moneypenny, uh, securely wrapped up in her hazmat suit in our studios. Hi. Well, and, just uh, one Bobette. Yeah, oh, just one. Uh, just Little Annie one is, Bobette. Uh, Little Annie is busily... Uh, enterprising her newscast for the uh, bottom of the hour. Well, you know, as we saw again last night, the left just loves attacking President Trump over the coronavirus. But, you know, it might be nice if they could actually pronounce corona. Uh, listen to uh, Wendy Williams taking a stab at it here. Oh, President Trump, don't be afraid of Cornova. Don't let it dominate your life. Sir, are you serious? We are here, out in the field. We are frightened of Cornova. You got it, so we could get it. What? I thought Cornova was a place. I thought it was a brand of Chrysler automobile. I don't know. I'm not sure either. So it should be a beer. 
I think uh, too close to the real one. <laughs> Which, by the way, will not give you the virus. It might give you something else, but not the virus. Headache, hangover. You can deal with those. Meantime, a woman on TikTok has gone viral by pretending to be her 17-year-old son's principal and doing the morning announcements uh, on the family's intercom. Uh, obviously, he's doing classes online uh, because of the uh, terrifying pandemic. Uh, here's mom with a couple of her announcements. Welcome, student, to the first day of online school. This is your principal, mom. Just a reminder, lunch today is whatever you make yourself. And just remember, we're all in this together. Good morning, student. To make school at home more fun, I've decided to add a little spirit to our day. Do the dishes. Do, do the dishes. Take the trash out. Okay. I think she had too many cups of coffee. I think she, yeah, she's got to go to decaf right away. <laughs> uh, this sounds like something from the Middle Ages. I didn't even realize these things existed. Have you ever heard of a chastity belt for men? Yes. This is this a new one to me. A security team in the UK found a major flaw in a high-tech, app-controlled, male chastity belt. I've never heard of the high-tech ones. Yeah, and they, they found a big-time problem here because hackers could have locked all of the belts remotely all at once. <laughs> and you know it's always going to happen at the least opportune time, right? But fortunately, they found the flaw before that happened. Here's a member of the team explaining the device and how it could have been hacked. The idea is, is that you put the appendage in here, you then put a clamp on, and you're then well and truly locked in. It's that smart, so it's locked under Bluetooth, so you use a smartphone to, to lock it. You then give permission to lock to someone else that you trust, who then has control over your device. Unfortunately, no an insecure direct object reference in the API meant he could take over everyone's chastity device and lock everybody in. And believe it or not, there's no key on here or override. The only way to get out is to cut through this, which is hardened steel. And given where it's at, that's going to be quite difficult to get yourself out of. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> who, uh, who invents this kind of thing and then markets and sells it? And, uh, and apparently is it doing, doing pretty well with the thing, I guess. Somebody's asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, you better believe it, big time. Hey, I'll tell you what, too, Money Penny, if you can, uh, since we're, we're not going to have time for ATF today. Uh, let's slide over uh, a couple of the uh, stories from ATF into Boneheads. Can okay. we do that? Yes, we can. Yes, okay. we can. How about this? Talk about a long, tall drink of water. A 17-year-old girl in Texas just earned two Guinness World Book records, one for longest legs in the world for a female, 
and one for longest legs on a teenager. Both of her legs are over four feet, four inches long. <laughs> she can step <laughs> over us. That's right. Easily. Without jumping. Yeah. Just, you know, a little puddle jumper. <laughs> uh, she is six foot ten. Oh, wow. Yeah. Listen here. I first noticed I was taller than everyone, like, in preschool. I never really had a single growth spurt where I, like, grew a lot. I grew about, like, four to five inches a year, so I was, like, consistently getting taller. Um, the pros of having long legs is that you're, like, you don't really fit into the category of, like, normal. You're kind of, like, unique. You have something different, and people are, like, drawn to it almost. I hope that tall women can see that the height is a gift and that you shouldn't be ashamed that you're tall. You should really embrace it. Yeah, and, uh, and look, uh, if there's a basketball court around, you know, colleges are going to be uh, knocking on the door. Don't we continue growing till like we're 19? Something like that, yeah. So she's just going to get taller. Yeah, six foot ten right now, 17 years old. And uh, finally this evening, a new study has found that men with deep, sexy voices. Hey, Bob, is it yeah. you? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> found that men with deep, sexy voices might be more likely to cheat. Oh. No, we're not talking about my kind of voice. We're talking about well, somebody like this guy. There's been a time that we've loved and we've shared love and made love. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. Now you want to talk about a deep, sexy voice. There you go. The uh, late, great Barry White. Hey, there you baby. go. There's boneheads uh, for today. <laughs> 631 here on the Bobby Mac Show. Annie is ready in the news center. I'm right back on the other side with the last half of the bonus hour here on Wednesday, uh, here on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was a day that ended in Y. I was close. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Got up to 87 this afternoon. Wow. Indian summer in October, I guess.
22 before 7 here on the Bobby Mack Show. So this business with the lockdowns continues uh, in uh, New York. Uh, they just had uh, nine more counties uh, around Gotham that uh, have gone to uh, lockdowns over uh, this whole business with the uh, SARS, COVID-19, China flu, Wuhan flu, whatever you want to call it. There was an interesting piece today. One of the, uh, one of the websites that I uh, try and look at on a fairly regular basis along with some like uh, what finger and uh, zero hedge and, and, and others uh, is city journal. Uh, they have some interesting pieces there, including this one written by John Tierney uh, that uh, was published today called a failed experiment. Lockdowns are typically portrayed as prudent precautions against COVID-19, but they are surely the most risky experiment ever conducted on the public from the start researchers have warned that lockdowns could prove far deadlier than the coronavirus itself people who lose their jobs or businesses are more prone to fatal drug overdoses and suicide and evidence already exists that many more will die from cancer heart disease pneumonia and tb and other diseases because the lockdown prevented their ailments from being diagnosed early and treated properly Yet politicians and public health officials conducting this unprecedented experiment have paid little attention to these risks. In their initial rush to lock down society, they insisted that there was no time for such analysis. And besides, these were just temporary measures to flatten the curve so as to not overwhelm hospitals. But since that danger passed, the lockdown enforcers have found one reason after another to persevere with closures, bans, quarantines, curfews, and other mandates. Anthony Fauci, the White House advisor, recently said that even if a vaccine arrives soon, he does not expect a return to normality before late next year. He and politicians like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson profess to be following what they call the science, but no ethical scientist would conduct such a risky experiment without carefully considering the dangers and monitoring the results. After doing so, a group of leading researchers this week called for an end to the experiment. In a joint statement, the Great Barrington Declaration, they predicted that continued lockdowns will lead to excess mortality in years to come and warned of irreparable damage with the underprivileged disproportionately harmed. While the economic and social costs have been enormous, it's not clear that the lockdowns have brought significant health benefits beyond what was achieved by people's voluntary social distancing and other actions. Some researchers have credited lockdowns with slowing the pandemic but they've relied on mathematical models with assumptions about people's behavior and the virus's tendency to spread the kinds of models and assumptions that previously produced wildly overestimated numbers of how many people would die during the pandemic. Other researchers have sought more direct evidence looking at mortality patterns, and they have detected little impact. In a comparison of 50 countries, 
A team uh, at the University of Toronto found that COVID was deadlier in places with older populations and higher rates of obesity, but the mortality rate was no lower in countries that closed their borders or enforced full lockdowns. After analyzing 23 countries and 25 U.S. states with widely varying policies, Andrew Atkinson of UCLA and fellow economists found that the mortality trend was similar everywhere once the disease took hold. The number of daily deaths rose rapidly for 20 to 30 days and then fell rapidly. Similar conclusions were reached in analysis of COVID deaths in Europe by studying the time lag between infection and death. Simon Wood of the University of Edinburgh concluded that infections in Britain were already declining before the nation's lockdowns began in late March. In an analysis of Germany's 412 counties, Thomas Weiland of Karlsruhe Institute of Technology found that infections were waning in most of the country before the national lockdown began and that the national curfews, the additional curfews imposed in Bavaria and other states had no effect. Of course, it's possible that lockdowns accelerated the decline in some places and produced benefits that have gone undetected in those studies. Researchers working on different assumptions, such as how quickly the virus kills people, have concluded that lockdowns did save some lives or at least postpone some deaths. Given all the uncertainties, you can't rule out some benefits, but that is hardly a justification for continuing such a risky experiment. What experimental drug would ever be approved if there were so much conflicting evidence of its efficacy and so much solid evidence of its harmful side effects? The cost-benefit analysis becomes even bleaker if you switch from the metric favored by journalists and politicians, the running total of lives lost, to the metric that's typically used in evaluating medical efficacy. It's called the QALY, Q-A-L-Y, for Quality Adjusted Life Year, a wonky term for what we think of as a good year of life free from disease and disability. No politician wants to admit publicly that young people's lives are more valuable than those of older people because they have more healthy years remaining, but using this guide is the most sensible way to allocate health resources, and it's long been favored by some of the same progressive health care experts now clamoring for lockdowns. By this measure, the lockdowns must be the most costly and cost-ineffective medical intervention in history because most of the beneficiaries are so near the end of life. COVID-19 disproportionately affects people over 65 who have accounted for nearly 80% of the deaths in the U.S. The vast majority suffered from other ailments and more than 40% of the victims were living in nursing homes where the median life expectancy after admission is just five months. In Britain, a study led by the Imperial College economist David Miles concluded that even if you gave the lockdown full credit for averting the most unrealistic worst-case scenario, the projection, for instance, of 500,000 British deaths, more than 10 times the current toll, it would still flunk even the most lenient quality 
cost-benefit test. None of these facts, though, gets as much attention as the daily case counts for COVID, nor do all the unseen casualties, the people dying from heart disease, cancer, suicide, and other causes related to lockdowns and economic distress. Early in the pandemic, Scott Atlas at the Hoover Institution and researchers at Swansea University independently calculated that the lockdowns would ultimately cost more years of life than COVID-19 in the U.S. and Britain, and the toll seems certain to be worse in poor countries. The World Bank estimates that the coronavirus recession could push 60 million people into extreme poverty, which inevitably means more disease and death. The lockdowns may have been justified in the spring when so little was known about the virus and the ways to contain it, but now that we know more, there is no ethical justification for continuing this failed experiment. Uh, John Tierney, contributing editor at City Journal and a contributing science columnist for the New York Times. Have a feeling uh, this piece is not uh, going to be seen in the pages of the Gray Lady. 13 before 7 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Quick break here. We'll step aside for a moment and then be right back with the closing minutes of the bonus hour here on Thursday on WORD. Welcome back. 6.53 now, closing minutes of the bonus hour here on uh, Thursday. Uh, in on the uh, text line 71307. Uh, Bobby, the article uh, you were just sharing about the lockdowns needs to include my in-laws, whom I emailed you about a few weeks ago. After being so weakened by the lockdowns, they were too frail to withstand being exposed to COVID, and they and everyone around them were all wearing masks, by the way both died within one week. So yes, there are huge consequences to this terrible social experience uh, experiment. Uh, Bobby, I never thought I'd say this, but if Biden should win, I suspect there will be a disunion and a literal civil war the instant he starts grabbing guns via an executive order. Well, and you know the guy he put in charge of his uh, gun policy is uh, Beto O'Dork, uh, the guy who was quoted as saying, uh, oh, hell yeah, we're coming for your AR. Mm -hmm. uh, about uh, today's uh, bonehead story, uh, Bobby, there's only one place Homer J is going to be placed, and it's for sure not going to be in some device. Gotcha. Uh, Bobby, uh, when Trump wins... Why, why would we not pack the Supreme Court and then support additional states and add four more Republicans? That's how you play hardball. I double-dog dare the Republicans to do it, though. Uh, Bobby, too bad you didn't have any Ricardo Montalban clips to go with the uh, whatever the device was called. You know, rich Corinthian leather. Gotcha. 
Uh, Bobby, 26 days until the chaos begins. Yeah, probably. Bobby, wondering if you noticed the gaffe Kamala made in the debate. The moderator began by saying neither candidate has been given the questions to be discussed, yet the moderator told Pence his remarks were a perfect segue into the next session of the debate, to which Kamala replied, yes, it does. How would she know that if she hadn't seen the questions? (laughs) And to wrap things up for today, see you tomorrow. God bless. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.